Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Live from New York, it's the show that's on the verge of breaking the scoring record. It's first things first. Broussard is here. He's in Arizona. Uh, today, Eagle CEO says Jalen Hurts has nothing to prove, but he forgot about one thing. Oh. We discussed. Okay. Isn't that a great tease? Meanwhile, Brady and Belichick had just a delightful conversation. But how does Nick use this lovely moment to hurt my feelings about Mac Jones? <laughs> and finally... As mentioned, LeBron, 36 points away. Does he get it tonight? Alongside Nick Wright, I'm Kevin Wilds. Brew is live from Arizona. Brew, do you think LeBron gets it done tonight? I'll save my answer. You're always on me not to give my answer away oh. this early, but uh, he'll he'll get close. I guarantee okay, that. Well, he'll get close. Well, okay, that did answer. not go as planned, but we're going to start with Patrick Mahomes' ankle. By the time the Super Bowl rolls around, it will have been 22 days since Mahomes injured his ankle. Healed or not, Mahomes is going to lay it all on the line. Take a listen. I'm just going to make it real quick. I'll play through all injuries that the trainers will let me play, play through. I'll play through. So uh, there's the, that's the list. As long as the trainers okay me to get out there, I'm going to play through it. You won't know. I mean, uh, until you get out there in the game, I mean, I'm going to push it. I'll, I'll try to leave it on the line. I think you all saw that uh, in the last game that I played. Um, but it's about relying on your teammates. And uh, I've got a lot of great teammates around me and not trying to do too much. Um, but I definitely will be in a better spot than I was at last game. There is confidence oozing out of the screen right As now. there should be. From Mahomes yeah. and you. Uh, yeah. Any chance he isn't himself on Sunday? No. Sunday's going to be his masterpiece. Oh. So, the, the, listen, if you take Patrick Mahomes off the Kansas City Chiefs, they are a team with a Hall of Fame tight end, a all-pro great defensive tackle, and a Hall of Fame coach, and a bunch of pieces. They are a 8-9, and 9-8 team. Instead, they are the best team in football in the midst of a historic five-year run. And I think Sunday he's finally, Brew, going to check off the one box he does not yet have checked off on his career resume. And that is a start-to-finish dominant Super Bowl. I think in his first Super Bowl, he was not great in the first half and then utterly brilliant in the second half. Mm -hmm. And I think in his second Super Bowl, mm -hmm. he actually played far, far better than the numbers suggest if you watch that game. But the numbers are so drastic in a negative direction, you can't say it was a great game by him. I don't think it was a bad game by him, but certainly was not a start-to-finish great game. And if and when he does that, Brew, and this is what, in addition to the question, I want your reaction to. If and when he does that, plays a great Super Bowl and wins this game. 
He will have done something faster than any athlete I've ever seen, which is move past any contemporary rival's discussion to where he is only competing with ghosts. Hmm. LeBron had to deal with LeBron versus Kobe, and then LeBron versus Durant, and then LeBron versus Steph. And once he dispatched all of them 15 years in, it then became, for a lot of people, LeBron versus Jordan. Tom Brady, it was Brady versus Manning for the better part of 12 to 15 years before Brady finally superseded that conversation or it was Brady versus Montana and then Brady versus no one. Patrick Mahomes has started five years in this league. If he wins on Sunday, there is no longer any debate available about any active player. It is simply him versus the legends, Manning, Montana, and Brady. And I think that's what we're in store for after the performance on Sunday, bro. Yeah, I would agree with that last point you made. I talked about it yesterday. I said already. Uh, he, we don't think of him as competing with Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and these guys. He's competing with Brady and Montana and Peyton Manning and that, the likes of those guys. So, yeah, if he wins, I, I definitely agree with you, Nick. Now, of course, if Cincinnati were to go on and win two of the next three or four Super Bowls, then now all of a sudden you're competing with another contemporary in Burrow. But for the time being, he would be head and shoulders above everybody else that's playing right now. So I'm with you there. Uh, where I'm not with you on, and he may do, give a masterpiece. I'm actually expecting him to play well. But on the question that Wilds gave is any chance he doesn't play well or isn't himself, then sure, there's a good chance of that. I, well, there's a chance of that. I don't, And I won't blame it on the ankle. And I, I won't blame it on certainly not him melting down or the moment being too big. None of that. But... As you alluded to, Nick, Patrick Mahomes has not been, always been Mahomesian in the Super Bowls. And look, you won't find this on the graphics that Nick puts up about <laughs> Mahomes in the postseason. But Dusty put together a oh, more a, a, a graphic that gives a fuller picture oh. of Mahomes in the postseason, or in the Super Bowls at least. And Nick. Mahomes is not a high turnover guy, even though these aren't all turnovers. He's fumbled three times. He's thrown four interceptions in two Super Bowl games. So historically, as you said, you didn't point out all of this, but you alluded to he hasn't always been as great as usual in the Super Bowls. And, of course, the last time we saw him against Tampa Bay, he wasn't himself because of the pressure that he got from Tampa Bay when his offensive line was banged up. Well, the line isn't banged up, and they do have a good offensive line, but Philadelphia obviously has an historic pass rush, and if they put constant pressure on Mahomes, Nick, then he certainly, especially missing some of his receivers, he certainly could have a mediocre day by his standards I'm not saying I expect it, but it definitely is on the table. See, I'm not worried about the ankle for three reasons. Reason number one, it's been 22 days, and he said it's getting better. Reason number two, I believe in Super Bowl adrenaline. Certainly for me as a viewer, I watch more intently, <laughs> and I think that carries over to the players as well. Reason number three, this is my favorite little statistic that came out of the playoff game against Jacksonville. If we can show the graphic there, Dusty. Dusty's in charge of all the graphics. On the game's final play from scrimmage, when he uh, got the penalty, reached 
reached a top speed of 18 miles per hour on the scramble, fastest speed reach on any of his plays this postseason. To me, that says wow. if he wants to or if he has to, he can turn it on, and I think the ankle feels better than it did there. So I think he's going to ooze confidence. Is it going to be a masterpiece? I don't know. But I don't think the ankle is going to be a storyline. And even even in that Super Bowl where they only scored nine points and he threw a couple picks, both of the picks were off receivers' hands and tipped balls. Not his fault. The, I'm not saying it's not his fault. Like I'm simply what I'm I'm adding the context to it. There were three separate plays where he faced instantaneous pressure and finished the play flat on his back, and those plays ended with passes into the end zone, hitting receivers in the hands that got dropped. So even in that game, mm -hmm. with that offensive line, with that pass rush where he was pressured 29 times and he scrambled a league record 497 yards during that game, according to Next Gen Stats. What? 497 yards as far as side to side, back and forth. That's, that's too what much. Next, that's what Next Gen Stats said. It was 497. Said it was the most scramble yards in league history, along yeah. with the most pressures in recorded playoff history. He was still delivering on the mark passes. And and Wilds, I think he's a better quarterback now than he was then. Yeah. I think he is a more sophisticated quarterback than he was then. And I don't think the ankle is going to be a big problem. All right, let's turn our attention to the Eagles. Jalen Hurts in line for a big payday. Jeffrey Lurie praising Hurts, saying, quote, I don't think he has anything to prove. He's an MVP caliber quarterback, an incredible leader of the team on the field, off the field. He's 24 years old, incredibly mature, and most importantly, driven to be even better. Brew, does Jalen have anything left to prove? Well, look, if I'm Jalen Hurts, I love hearing that from the owner when I'm expecting a huge contract <laughs> extension, so good for him. But, yeah, he's got a lot to prove, and, and not just in the sense of until you win a Super Bowl, you haven't proven you can that's not it. Look, I think Jim Kelly could have won a Super Bowl, Dan Marino, even though they didn't. All right. It's more of this. He is still so young. He's in his third season. He's a year removed from really being a mid middling quarterback as far as passing the football. So I just haven't seen enough to say, oh, he's a finished product. He 100%. has nothing left to prove. And here's the other thing, Nick. He can prove, and this is more of a league-wide thing. He would be the first running quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Like, I know Cam Newton got there and, and, you know, didn't win it, but he got to a Super Bowl. But this is a guy that Nick Kaepernick would be the too. first quarterback that you could argue he can run. Right, Kaepernick too. His running is as effective, if not more so, than his passing. And I think that would be huge for the game. And so, yeah, I definitely think he's got a lot to prove in this I game. I, I think it's undeniable he has a lot to prove. I do not think he is viewed as a Tier 1 or a Tier 2 quarterback universally in this league. We know what t the Tier 1 quarterbacks are. We know who they are. It is Patrick Mahomes, and it is Patrick Mahomes on one leg. That is the only Tier 1 quarterbacks in football. Next. The next <laughs> tier is Brew. Do you think he's viewed as highly as Joe Burrow? I do not. Do you think he's viewed as highly as Josh Allen? I do not. Do you think he's viewed as highly in many circles as Justin Herbert? I'm not sure. And I certainly, I mean, I, I haven't heard anyone call him royalty. He's not viewed as highly okay. as the prince who was promised. I mean. So then you have the next group of guys who are Lamar, 
at this point in his career. I think Rodgers, Tua, Matt Stafford, who we have forgotten about even though he just won a Super Bowl. And I think that for Jalen, because he does not have the body of work prior to this year, that if in this game he falls flat, and especially because he also doesn't have a great playoff game on under his belt. He's yeah. played three career playoff games. We can throw out last year's. They were overmatched. They're playing the Bucs fine. But even this year, when the team has been dominant, he has not been dominant. Now, again, what I'm not killing him. What do you want kill- him to do? Well, no, the, the, I'm not killing him for it because obviously the team has not needed a lot from him, so maybe he could have done more and they just didn't need it. But in this game, they're going to need it. Nobody views the Chiefs as an overwhelming defensive team. I actually think defense is a little underrated, but they're playing three rookie corners. They only have one defensive lineman that seems to get any national credit in Chris Jones, and he deserves it. If he doesn't perform well in this game, I would imagine a lot of people would be blaming. If they lose, they will probably be blaming his performance. And I think people will say, okay, so it was one year under these circumstances against a soft schedule. And, and so I do think he has a ton to prove. I agree with Bruce Point Wilds that the owner's accountant probably pulled the owner aside. like, buddy. <laughs> I don't know if you want to say that publicly. Like, this is a salary cap sport. You're out here saying he's got nothing to prove. I mean, I know Nicole Lynn was probably thrilled, Jalen's agent, when she heard that quote. But a clutch client, it's true. Uh, And so, but yeah, I mean, I think he has a lot to prove, Wilds. A lot. Brew, the thing that I think is fascinating is the Mahomes storyline is kind of the opposite of the Jalen storyline, where Mahomes got hurt. He's like, I'm going to be good. And then the stats prove that he's good. Jalen. We've kind of ignored the injury, and he said to Elliot Shore Parks on February 2nd, I'm getting there. I've made it clear this whole time. It's something I'm dealing with. And then Elliot says, says it's getting better with time. So that was February 2nd. So maybe it's gotten a little bit better. And then the stats show that he has been kind of dealing with it. Now, granted, he's never been behind in any of these playoff games. But still, prior to the injuries, this is four yards air touchdowns. This is Dusty's graphic that he said, quote, I'm getting nervous about this. Completion percentage down, touchdown interceptions down, passer ratings down. He's had a few long shots. Um, you know, Devontae had that catch that was not but a catch. It wasn't even a catch. Down. That's well, the still thing counted is, as a throw. But I understand, but like, it was, it was officially a catch, though. I, I it's understand that, but, but, if we're, but if we're, we're, we're talking about a guy who, going into this postseason, Brew, the concern, I think, was didn't play well in last year's postseason. Now, in this postseason, through two games, he has thrown for fewer than 280 yards total, and 40 of those came on an incomplete pass. And so we're, if, the, if that's ruled correctly, we're talking about 120 yards passing per game is what he's, he's looking he's at. Hurt. And w- Correct. I, and I do think the shoulder injury is very significant, but that has to play into how people analyze and break down this game and expect him to be able to play in this game, bro. Well, look, I, I, th- I don't think the ankle's going to be an issue for Mahomes, and I don't think the shoulder's going to be an issue for Hurts. Remember, we talked about it after they beat San Francisco when we said he ran, what was it, like five straight plays, it five seemed like, six. where he yep. ran the football, yeah, but that was... and he got stuck on the first one, right? And so I think he's just going to go play his game. But look, 
Jalen Hurts, it's never going to be that pretty. All right, I was watching a great documentary called The Kings last night in my hotel room on Showtime about Hagler, Hearns, Leonard, and Duran. It's fantastic. Check it out. But it talked about the difference between Sugar Ray Leonard and, and Marvin Hagler. Uh-huh. And Sugar and Nick, I don't know if you heard of these guys. But oh, stop it. Sugar don't Ray you Leonard dare. was so flashy and pretty that he got over, mm-hmm. right? He, he, he had the benefit of the doubt, like Mahomes. Mahomes looks so good with the way he does it that he always gets the praise. Whereas Jalen Hurts is more like Hagler, and it doesn't always look flashy, and he just gets it done. And even when he's not injured, even when he's at his best, he's not running like Lamar. He's not running like even Josh Allen or Michael Vick. He's certainly not passing it like the better passers in the league, and, but he just gets it done. He just wins, and that's why Lurie referred to his character, his integrity, his work ethic, all the intangibles, because that's a huge part of Jalen Hurts' package. Listen, Wilds, while Brew was kicking his feet up ordering room service, watching boxing documentaries, you know what you and I were doing? Grinding the All-22. Grinding the All-22. Yeah, exactly. Bro, it's Super Bowl week. Get it together. You're on vacation watching boxing docs from your glory years. We're out here grinding the All-22. 22. Two screens. Unbelievable. Uh, will LeBron break the scoring record tonight? The answer is yes. Find out why. Next, first things first. <laughs> okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. Welcome back to the show. Thursday and Friday, we will be at the Super Bowl live. And don't forget to tune in to Must See Monday after the Super Bowl. Win or lose. We will be here. It's either going to be a parade or a parade Speak of tears. for yourself, buddy. <laughs> you have to show up. Chiefs lose. I'm pulling the old Magic Johnson. LeBron, 36 points away from breaking the record. Lakers host the Frisky Thunder tonight. Official line is at 32 and a half points for LeBron. That's crazy in and of itself. Brew, do you expect him to break the record tonight? I don't. Uh, wow. His last three games, he hasn't scored 30 points. And coincidentally, Anthony Davis has scored 30-plus in his last two games. So I I just think, look, LeBron is looking at this like, we got to get a win. And I don't think he's going to go out there thinking, let me get 36, 37 points. I think he's going to be thinking, let us do what we have to do to get this win. Because obviously, every win counts for them. And Anthony Davis being there, if AD was not playing, 
then I would think LeBron probably gets it. But with AD playing, I think he'll be in the 30s. I think LeBron will be high 20s, maybe low 30s. And then get it. And part of this might be wishful thinking, Nick, on my point. I kind of. I kind of would love for him to do it Thursday against Giannis and the Bucks. I just think there's something poetic about him doing it kind of against the next guy, right? Giannis is kind of that loss. next guy, we think. So I think that or, would be fantastic all, if he does it against Giannis. The Bucks also obviously Kareem's original team. And so there is that part of it and Giannis. Yes. I, both of these games, though, are on national television. The Thunder are on a back-to-back, and the Warriors, without Steph Curry, just hung, I think, 140 on them. Yeah. I do think he's going to get it tonight. And I would like him to get it tonight, and I would hope that once LeBron James literally has scored more points in the regular season, already has the most points in the postseason, we, we are allowed to have this conversation, Brew. Why is he not considered... One of, if not the greatest scorer ever. So I want to put up the list of guys who are in that conversation. And we can show you their career numbers. So obviously LeBron's going to have the most points. He's already got 6,000 more than Jordan, 5,000 more than Kobe, and 12,000 more than Durant. Jordan is the only guy on this list who averages more points than LeBron. Kareem is the only guy on this list who does it more efficiently. Uh, I know this will shock people while Kevin Wilds plays music. I'm trying to research research things during the segment (laughs) because pre-show Wilds is out here doing weird and wonderful highlights instead of actually his job. So here's the the question I would have for you, Brew, is this. If I will fold my hand on... Michael Jordan is a better scorer than LeBron James because I'm not really interested in having that argument. Just say, you know what, give Jordan scoring. LeBron luckily is better at everything else, but we don't have to have that debate. What is the argument for guys such as Kobe Bryant and Kevin Durant to be considered better scorers than LeBron James other than they did it more gracefully and more and in a prettier fashion. But as far as actually being able to put the ball in the basket, why is LeBron after tonight or Thursday not at the very least the second best scorer of all time? Well, I wouldn't I don't think I'd go second best, but as you said, a lot of people don't even put him in the conversation. And I think you alluded to a good point, Nick. It's the grace, Kobe, Jordan. Kareem with the sky hook, Durant as smooth as he is as a seven-footer. People think, wow, look how natural it comes to them. And LeBron is like a Mack truck. And so I do think that is part of why people don't view him as a scorer. I also would say this. What's his go-to shot? That's the thing. Like, Kareem obviously had the sky hook. Jordan had the mid-range, arguably the best mid-range shooter ever. Durant is a mid-range assassin. LeBron is not a great jump shooter, not a great three-point shooter. Now, he can drive, obviously, but he really doesn't have that go-to shot. And I think that is one reason people – I'm with you in that. Look, if you score 27 points a game and you do it efficiently, you're a great scorer. Like like people ripping Shaq. Oh, Shaq, all he did was dunk. So? Nobody but, could stop but here's the I mean, only, that makes him a great here's the score. Thing. But I would say that the no go-to shot he, is one thing people probably look at with LeBron. But, but I would argue Kobe didn't have a go-to shot. Kobe took, tried to, 
but he wouldn't make them. LeBron's a better three-point shooter than Kobe. And Durant, this is actually a compliment to him. I don't look at him as a single go-to shot. I look at him as anywhere on the court can be his go-to shot. Like, cause he he's is like a great shooter. A, a great yeah, he's shooter a great from everywhere. Shooter, period, but Jordan right. had developed a go-to shot. We all know it. Kareem obviously did. But it's not. I don't think Kobe had a go-to shot. You seem apoplectic, Wilds. Well, I'm not What's apoplectic, but I have you a are. legit question, yeah. and I don't want it to come off sarcastic. Uh-huh. He's got one scoring title, so I think yes. that hurts. Yeah. Is the fact that a guy like Iverson or McGrady, the fact that they tailed off at the end of their career, specifically let's talk about Iverson, who I think averaged over 30, maybe three, maybe four times in his career. But once right. you get that second time uh, in Philly, the, uh, no, the Memphis years, that takes everything down, so it suppresses his numbers. But it doesn't like, actually. Look at, jo- look at LeBron. His numbers are higher because everyone else's are but that But that would only be a good argument. If LeBron's career was the length of Jordan's, where he only played 12 years. No, but he's he done played, it consistently. But he's that, done consistently you're, great. You're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose my mind. What? That's the whole point. The whole point is LeBron is so. Was, is LeBron a better scorer than Allen Iverson? Yeah, and the answer is unequivocally yes. All right, I would Absolutely. say unequivocally not. At, unequivocally okay, well, not. hold on. Let me, can, let's wow. stay here for a second. Because I <laughs> think the scoring title thing is a very interesting point. Because what have we seen in years 19 and 20 for LeBron? Due to circumstances, most notably Rob Belinka's terribly built roster and Anthony Davis's injury, he has, for the first time since his early Cleveland days, Brew, had to score at a super high volume in order for his team to stay afloat. And he instantly started averaging 30 a game for the first time since he was in his early 20s. Also scoring up all over the league. Okay, that's fine, but he's doing it at a hyper-efficient level and 30-plus a game. So my point is, if his goal was to win scoring titles, but LeBron James in his entire career has had... had zero games, pardon me, where he's taken more than 36 shots. Jordan had 41 playoffs and regular season combined. Like there, Jordan, and I, this is not a knock on Jordan, but Jordan was, it was the best way for his team to win was for him to lead the league in scoring. LeBron, that has not been the case until these last couple of years, and these last couple of years, he's damn near led the league in scoring. But when he almost did it last year, y'all were crucifying him for that too, if you remember. You said that's what mattered more to him. No, I did not say that. That's not true. That's not true. uh, You're relying on the fact that our audience wasn't, now wasn't, the morning audience. I never said it mattered more You were at a secret handshake, and they were like, hey, how are we going to knock LeBron I never said that. Uh, He was selfish. I just think, I think he's showing he could have won a bunch of scoring titles. Oh, he could have. He chose not to. Correct. I once asked LeBron, and this is right in the middle of his prime when he was leading Miami to championships, if he went out just to score, like if he looked at himself as a scorer, how much does he think he can average? And it was about 35 points a game. And I tend to believe that because you're right, Nick. Like like right now he's playing more like just a true small forward, right? I'm going to go get buckets, and he's getting 30 at this age and stage of his career. But I think part of it, Nick, I would, like I said, no go-to shot because you can't say LeBron's a great shooter. He's not. He gets streaky from three-point land. But offensively in terms of scoring, there's no – he drives the ball, and people give him that because of his athleticism and his size. So they – it's like Carl Malone. You don't think of him as like a great scorer, but he scored a lot. And so I think, and I think LeBron also, Nick, 
not thinking of himself as a scorer. Well, that's the other thing. I think that's part of it, too. Like, I would agree with you on Kobe. Kobe was not an efficient scorer. He was a volume shooter, all right? And I would agree with you on that. But LeBron himself has never felt like, I'm a scorer. And I think maybe that is part of why people don't view him as one of the great scorers. But now I think once he gets his record, it's going to be. I don't think how how in the world can you not view him sure. as a great scorer? Yeah. Okay, so he sat down with Wilbon yesterday and talked about how LeBron is going to break the record. Take a listen. What does it look like when you put it through the basket to pass Kareem? I know what I don't want it to be. What? A free throw. <laughs> Okay, so what do you think? If, well, if he breaks it tonight, what do you think it's going to be? So I do think that that is noteworthy, Brew, that he said that. And now, again, obviously, if this is like a very close game, and they, then you just have to kind of do what the best play is. But if he right. flatly doesn't want this moment to happen at the free throw line, then I think it makes it much less likely that this thing happens on a dunk or a drive to the basket. Because if he's a bucket away and he drives, he's going to know he can get fouled and end up on the free throw line. So I had been on Team Skyhook, and I have flipped in the last 24 Mm. hours. I now want it to either be on a steal, breakaway, dunk, kind of the vintage LeBron dunk that we've seen so many times, the Akron Hammer, as I think Windhorse first called it, or on that sidestep three from the... From not the corner, but yeah. the elbow three area almost. Right. That, one, one of those two that we feel like we've seen from LeBron a thousand times in his career. I definitely don't think it's a sky hook. I, I think at best you could hope for a jump hook, right? Maybe a jump hook. I, I've never seen LeBron shoot a sky hook. Uh, and if they're blowing Oklahoma City out, and he's got 34 points, yeah, then could I see him having fun and throwing up a sky hook a couple times? Sure. But mostly I'm thinking jump hook in that regard. But, Nick, I, I feel like it's going to be a three. You know, we've seen LeBron so many times when the Lakers need a bucket uh, or even he wants to get a bucket, he'll shoot a long three. You and I have talked about this. Remember the game where he hurt his ankle a few years ago? Yep. But was had only seven points or yep. something like that? To keep his double-digit streak going, he hits a three. Oh, well, so I, I feel like why. it might be a, a three. Okay. I didn't know it I'm might. Right. <laughs> I, just, I, just I feel like it bucket. might be a three-point shot for LeBron. But look, I'm not mad if it's a free throw. I don't know why LeBron wouldn't yeah. want it to be a free throw. A point is a point. All right, I'm from that generation. Well, a point's that, a point. That, what generation, generation is don't, this? Don't, don't let a free throw slight you, LeBron. <laughs> if you do a free throw, that's all good. What generation is it? Ohio that's like Mafia. A, a point. Ohio what Mafia. What is he doing? What? Because <laughs> he's from Ohio? I don't Me know. and LeBron, Ohio I don't know. Mafia. I know. <laughs> I think the Arizona Can I tell you, this is what I want it to be. Yeah. So it's from 10 years ago, Team USA practice, the impossible sky hook. I'd prefer that. Uh-oh. Oh. This one. That one? Oh, off hard, the glass? Hard to pull off in the game. Hard to pull off. But, you know, this is the generation I'm from, where you can make a... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. We lost an all-time great receiver in Tyreek Hill, someone that did a lot of great things for us. Um, but uh, we got a lot of great receivers in as well. And so uh, Coach Bianami and Coach Reed, they went in there and they learned uh, what their strengths were, and we went out there and maximized that this year. And so um, it takes everybody. It's not just the players, it's the coaches. Um, it's everybody in that building to, to be in this game, and I, and I truly believe that. Let's look at the tail of the tape. Uh, Mahomes with Tyreek and without more passing yards, higher passer rating, big completions more, and air yards the same, one fewer game. Greg, are you surprised at how good the Chiefs offense has been without Tyreek Hill? Um, there is an element of surprise. I'm, I'm, it's been remarkable. I don't think any of us saw this happening mm, wow. because of how – no, not even Nick. Oh. I, now, now mind you, picked him to win MVP. Patrick Mahomes, yes. I didn't think he was going to have a drop-off, but as far as his offense – no one thought that it would get better without Tyreek Hill being on that roster. And that's exactly what they did. And I think something that Patrick Mahomes said at the end of that was Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid leaned into the strengths, identified the strengths of the guys that they brought in. A lot of coaches say that they do this. They do not do this. They, allow, they want the guys to conform to what the system provides and what they need from the system versus seeing, okay, what does he do well? How can we implement that into what we do well and utilize it? They have done that better than anyone. Andy Reid is a mastermind at it, which is why they've had tremendous amounts of success. So far this year, 11 different guys have talked touchdown catches. The guy with the second most touchdown catches started the year as their third string running back, Jarek McKinnon. 17 different players have catches overall, including a former backup college quarterback named the Belldozer, Blake Bell. He has a playoff catch and regular season <laughs> catches. Marcus Kemp, a guy who came into this postseason with 24 career tackles and four career catches, was catching passes in the, in the AFC Championship game. None of this can happen. If you don't have, forget arm angles and toughness and how strong of an arm he has. If you don't have one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. And I was listening, a buddy of mine, Danny Parkins, does radio in Chicago. And they interviewed Patrick's dad, Patrick Mahomes Sr. And he said kind of off the cuff in talking about the Bears potentially drafting Mahomes, that Mahomes has an eidetic memory, which is something similar to a photographic memory. And I don't know if that's been tested or proven out by a doctor, but what he talked about how was that one of Mahomes' greatest strengths is once a defense does something to him, he always is able to recall that and implement it in real time. And Brew, and we talked with Patrick about this when he was on the show last week, I really believe that defenses last year changing the way they played Mahomes to take Tyreek away is what set the table for the Chiefs to be able to literally take Tyreek away. I think if it had just been smooth sailing last year, this would have been a harder transition. But because defenses were daring Patrick to take the easy stuff, and he struggled with that briefly for about five weeks last year, it then prepared them to be able to play this more conservative style of offense that despite being conservative still somehow led the league in everything including explosive plays yeah I would agree with that and it's interesting you brought up the memory with uh, Mahomes because LeBron's similar we, we know LeBron has that type of memory as well so that's interesting but I'm not surprised at all because the great ones and you know what level I put Mahomes on the great quarterbacks can do it with any receivers. 
They really can't. I mean, Tom Brady, one of the parts of the GOAT argument for Brady is look who he was winning his first Super Bowls with. Deion Branch, Troy Brown, David Givens. You know, they're pretty good receivers. One Pro Bowl amongst them, you know. Uh, Joe Montana, everybody associates him with Jerry Rice, understandably. But he won his first two Super Bowls with Dwight Clark. All right, Jerry Rice was not there. All right, so, and Mahomes is similar. So he's just great. He's going to make any NFL-caliber receiver pretty good. And then you add on the run game. All right, with with Isaiah Pacheco, they added a run game this year. So I think those things all brought together. I'm not surprised at all that Mahomes is having this type of year without Tyreek. So are you worried at all? Because your receiving core was a little banged up. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill, nine catches for 105 against the 49ers, seven catches for 73 yards against the Bucs. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite ready to bury this narrative and say goodbye to it. Are you worried at all? Oh, you think it's going to show up in the well, Super Bowl? Well, we got one final bite at the apple. So Let's here's the say. thing. They, the, uh, Juju's going to play in the Super Bowl. He actually gets a million dollars, Greg, if they win the Super Bowl and he plays nice. half the season. I think he's going to play extra Kadarius Tony said he was going to play. And McCole Hardman, who's going to be out, McCole Hardman, had been out since mid-October and then came back for the AFC Championship game and sadly got re-injured. It really sucks for him. He's a pending free agent. But shout-out to Hardman, by the way. His final play was a key third-down catch that set up a touchdown, and then, and he got hurt on and held on to the football. But here's – just very quickly, I think we only have like 40 seconds, Greg. Shield Kapadia had this in his article today. Patrick Mahomes this year was the number one ranked quarterback against man coverage, against zone coverage, number one ranked if you blitzed him, number one ranked if you didn't blitz him, number one ranked quarterback in split safety, and all the way at number two ranked quarterback against single high safety. So if you're the Eagles, what is the game plan if he's number one in the league against every type of defense you can throw at him? Go get him with that defensive line. (laughs) That's it? Yes. Yes. That's literally what they've done all season long. Go get the quarterback, period. We know how special Patrick Mahomes is. Oh, Can't get this about. whole segment was a love letter to Patrick. I, I mean, what can you, what can anyone say other than it's a really short segment? Just, just, just go around let us, the horn let and us just do say, it. You don't have you to. Right, you don't have to ruin it. it you don't have to ruin it. Coming up next, Sean Payton said Russ's personal coach. You know what? Taking your key card away. Bruce losing his key card. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Sean Payton, introduced yesterday in Denver, was asked about Russ's personal coach slash coaches and said, uh, no. Take a listen. Coach, uh, Russell Wilson had a, a personal coach, Jake Hughes, in the building with access who wasn't on the staff. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with that. How do you feel about um, players having their own people off the staff in the building access to players? Yeah, that's foreign to me. That, that's not going to take place here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it. But our staff will be here, our players will be here, and that'll be it. Brew, was this good news, or did this hurt your feelings? <laughs> Bravo! Bravo! I love this. Look, after the way he played last season, 
Russell Wilson should make himself putty in Sean Payton's hands. I mean, no personal coaches? Yes, coach. No private office? Yes, coach. No, no parking spaces? Plural? Yes, coach. All right? I don't care if he tells him, you know, I didn't really like the let's ride comments. Yes, coach. All right? He should do whatever Payton wants him to do because he was incredibly bad last season. All right? And he has become close with Drew Brees, according to Peter King. And they have been talking about Sean Payton and how he can help Russ. And at least reportedly, it looks like Russ is ready to listen and thinks Payton can help him get back to his former self. So I'm optimistic about this. Now, I I know this scares Nick because if Payton can help Russ begin to cook in the AFC West, Oh my. No, oh my. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, oh like, my. No, it'd be great. But yeah, yeah I, 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 I like this. I Listen, like this. nothing about the Denver Broncos has scared me since Peyton Manning retired, and rightfully so. They haven't beaten the Chiefs since before then. And uh, furthermore, I love Sean Payton. Not so much because he a, was a Fox colleague, because I never got to see him because he was out in L.A. Because Sean Payton is as directly responsible for the Chiefs having Patrick Mahomes as anyone in the league. Like, he's talked about it. The Saints were going to draft Mahomes at 11, which is why the Chiefs traded up to get him at 10. By the way, they traded up with Buffalo, which is something that I don't think it's talked about enough. They could have had Patrick Mahomes. Eh, Turns out they ended up going with Josh Allen next year. Point here, though, is about Russell Wilson. Why, Greg, would Russell Wilson acquiesce to Sean Payton when he would not to Pete Carroll? You can say, well, he didn't have to respect respect Nat Hackett. Pete Carroll's got the same amount of Super Bowl rings as Sean Payton. Pete Carroll's got a very similar Hall of Fame case, NFL resume, just with one additional Super Bowl appearance. And Russell Wilson would not, even though Pete Carroll bent over backwards to turn the team over to him, when Pete Carroll wanted things done a certain way, Russell Wilson turned on him. So why would this work when that relationship went sour in part, I would think, because Pete Carroll had a very similar coaching philosophy that Sean Payton did? Well, for me, it's different. Uh, And first and foremost, I I love what Sean Payton is doing, but it's different, Nick, when you get – drafted into an organization and you become what everyone has deemed you to be which is a franchise player then you have relationship you foster that the entire time you have a little bit more say but when you don't have success and you basically fall on your face and you have the worst season of your career then all bets are off new head coach comes in what he says goes you have to be compliant you cannot be the guy that you once were because the guy that you were didn't work last year and so guys in that locker room identify that Sean Payton knows that which is why he's there and so if you want to see success and have success you got to be willing to change on all fronts what was uh, brew quit very quickly we have 20 seconds would you agree Russell Wilson's biggest problem last year was a lack of self-awareness more than anything? Like, that's been his biggest issue. What makes anyone think that he all of a sudden has been humbled? What 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 piece of evidence do we have that Russell Wilson like is, is... Well, I think he was embarrassed. I think he was frustrated. I don't have any evidence he that... He had to be humbled. Okay. He had to be. He's a, I think he's intelligent. And he's intelligent enough to see, man, I was horrible last year. I I don't care how cocky you are, how much you believe in yourself. He was bad, and he knows it. Now, he did get better once Hackett was gone. Last few games he played better. Peyton's even mentioned that. 
So, uh, you know, that's something to build on. But, no, he, I'm with Greg. Like, he has to have been humbled, okay. Nick. There's no doubt about it. Uh, new, I know you don't want to see it. I get no, it. I, I get it. I know you don't want to see it. You don't want to believe it. Broncos as but an adult. Just, you know. <laughs> new report. They, they out of, scared oh, you guys twice this year. Uh, new report they out scared of Baltimore. <laughs> new report out of Baltimore. Lamar and the Ravens might be checking notes. One hundred million dollars apart on guaranteed money. Ah, you know the good news is. <laughs> At one point, they were 120, so they yeah. got down. That's my reporting. <laughs> Nick, do you think this gets solved or ends in a disaster for Baltimore since they are currently $100 million well, apart? They do have a Mac Jones honorary <laughs> Pro Bowler in Tyler Huntley. So they do have a oh, Pro Bowl backup quarterback there. Tyler Listen, Huntley can we out, just fast forward to when they trade him to Atlanta? Can we just get there? This is not getting resolved. You can't bridge a $100 million gap in an offseason. Atlanta's got the number eight pick, Desmond Ritter, and Kyle Pitts. Send it in. There you go. I just did the trade. Well, yeah, instead of trading an additional first rounder, you're going to have – send it in. You have Kyle Pitts and Mark Andrews because you don't have other receivers in Baltimore. Greg, I don't think this is getting done, and I don't think Baltimore's playing – or Lamar's playing another game for Baltimore. Yeah, I've been on the it's going to get done. They'll figure it out. They'll find a way. And the more these reports come out, the more I'm like, ah, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And, and a large in part is because I believe when you've experienced something similar where you've paid a quarterback and you had a really good team and the nucleus of personnel and then it didn't work out and you had to rebuild that, which the Baltimore Ravens did with Joe Flacco, then you find yourself in the same situation with Lamar it gives you a, a tremendous amount of pause. And so with Lamar being this far apart, I think he should get his money. I don't think it will be there any longer, no. uh, but he will get paid. Atlanta wow. definitely is Atlanta's the got the money, and they would embrace him. Brew, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, look, I wouldn't mind seeing him in Atlanta. That'd be fun. But here's what I want to throw at you guys. Why not? Why don't they just do the exclusive franchise tag on him? Because I don't think he'll and he plays report. there under the tag. I don't think he'll sign it. <sighs> he's yeah. a gamer. He's a baller. I don't he, know. He's I, a gamer I, I and a like baller. But I think towards the end of this year, in this season, we saw, we saw. like he's willing to sit. He like, was we, hurt. He was, I, hurt, he was hurt. But he used that. I mean, he had an out. I'm not gonna say. Uh, there's nothing. If I, if I get hurt and I don't, I'm, I want to save my reputation, but I have an opportunity to lean into the fact that I am hurt. Yeah, I'm doing it. And if I'm Baltimore, I'm terrified that if he's on the franchise tag and he gets dinged again at the end of next year, it's going to be three straight years yeah. he's not available at the end because he doesn't have the long-term security. I, I think he's moved. I think his next wow. game's with somebody else. Okay. Maybe the Patriots. Maybe. Well, that, well, now I'm, I'm, we can redo the segment then. Maybe. We're going to talk I, about that. <laughs> I don't know if they That'd want Mac fun. Jones. The Patriots no. could work. We run the Wildcat. Both <laughs> oh uh, guys out there. Hey, we're talking about Patrick Mahomes next. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay. 
As we celebrate Black History Month, I'd like to recognize Jesse Owens, the legendary track and field Olympic gold medalist. Born in Alabama, the son of a sharecropper, Jesse Owens was the youngest of 10 children. The Owens family eventually moved to Cleveland, Ohio, where he would set junior high school records in the high jump and long jump and went on to dominate track and field, setting world records as a teenager. Owens picked Ohio State over Michigan in part because the Buckeyes let him work as a part-time freight elevator to make money. Despite being the greatest track and field athlete of his time, Owens was barred from the men's dorm because of his race, and many restaurants in Columbus wouldn't serve him. Still, he was chosen as team captain, the first African-American elected to that position on a Big Ten team. In 1935, Owens had one of the greatest days in track and field history. At a Big Ten meet in Ann Arbor, Owens, who was known as the Buckeye Bullet, set world records in the span of about an hour. It became known as the greatest 45 minutes in sports. It was just a warm-up for the Olympics in Berlin in 1936. At a time when German dictator Adolf Hitler was trying to promote racial supremacy and anti-Semitism, Owens derailed those racist plans by dominating track and field, capturing four gold medals, a record that lasted for 48 years. Owens' impact at the Olympic Games had ripple effects far beyond the sports world. And Owens became a global star in memorable fashion. Welcome back to the show. Let's check in on Patrick Mahomes and his ankle. When the Super Bowl comes around, it will have been 22 days since the injury. Healed or not, Mahomes is going to lay it all on the line on Sunday. Take a listen. I'm just going to make it real quick. I'll play through all injuries that the trainers will let me play play through. I'll play through. So uh, there's the, that's the list. As long as the trainers okay me to get out there, I'm going to play through it. You won't know. I mean, uh, until you get out there in the game, I mean, I'm going to push it. I'll, I'll try to leave it all on the line. I think y'all saw that uh, in the last game that I played. Um, but it's about relying on your teammates. And uh, I've got a lot of great teammates around me and not trying to do too much. Um, but I definitely will be in a better spot than I was at last game. Any chance he's not himself on Sunday? Well, I don't see it. I, if there was going to be a game where he wasn't going to be himself, it would have been the AFC Championship game, and he wasn't himself, and he was still the best player on either team's offense by a country mile. Chris Jones has an argument that he was the actual best player in the game overall, but he was outstanding, and he made all of the plays that he needed to make, and he did it compromised. We're now two weeks removed from it, and here's the thing, Brew. Part of being an all-time great or all-time greatest is the ability to avoid serious injury and to recover from serious injury. We're, we're talking about LeBron a lot today. LeBron went 16 years in the league without ever really being hurt and still to this day has never had a devastating injury. Jordan broke his foot in year two and other than that, never had a significant injury. Kareem punched Kurt Benson in the face. Aside from that, never had a significant injury. And in football, Brady and Manning. Brady missed one year when Bernard Pollard rolled into his knee. Other than that, never missed a game due to injury. And Peyton went 12, 14 years before he had to miss a full season and then basically was healthy until the final season of his career. That is, Brew, part of what makes you one of the greatest is the almost instinct to avoid the spots where people get hurt and when you can't avoid it to recover from it quickly. And so, yeah, I think he's going to be brilliant on Sunday, and I think we're going to be forgetting that the injury even happened. 
Yeah, I, I really don't think the ankle will be a factor. Like Nick said, he was great two weeks ago playing on the ankle, and now he's had all this time to recover. I don't think it's going to be a factor at all. I think, you know, having Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS, and those guys, Kadarius Tony back is going to be a huge help. I Look, I don't know if he'll have a masterpiece. I certainly expect him to play well. There's no doubt about that. But, Greg, I do think there's a possibility, because that was a question, any chance he doesn't play well? Sure, because the last time he was in the Super Bowl, he didn't play well. He had two interceptions. He fumbled once because the pressure, his offensive line was depleted, and the pressure that Tampa Bay got on him changed everything. And, and now, Philadelphia, you're facing a historically great pass rush. You're also facing a great defense overall, number one in the league against the pass. So I do think, Greg, if they get to Mahomes regularly and consistently, then he may not be able to have the typical Patrick Mahomes performance. Uh, So, yeah, I think there's a chance. I'm not really expecting it to happen, but there's a chance that they put so much pressure on him that he struggles. Yeah, I'm not worried about the ankle, but to your point, like when we've seen Patrick Mahomes struggle in the last Super Bowl that he did lose, it was a lot of pressure put on him. And in order for this team to have success, he just has to flat out be great. Like that is that is their key to victory. Mahomes has to be special. We don't see, and I, I would ask you, do you see, Nick, any other way that this team wins if Mahomes is not special? No. Be- because if you look at the Luckily Philadelphia the Eagles. the best player we've ever seen. Okay, yeah. you could say that. But when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, they haven't been able to. They have a everything. lot of paths to victory. They have tons of That's options when you get correct. to victory when you look at that team. The only way, in my opinion, that the Kansas City Chiefs win this game is if Mahomes is absolutely the best player and it's resembled by his actions but, and performance. It, it, Wilds, that's been the case for five years. For five years. Yeah. Have, the, have the Chiefs had a great run game? No. Have the Chiefs had a top ten defense one time? No. Have the Chief, Chris Jones is finally getting some flowers this year, mm-hmm. but the Chiefs have two other great players, and they play what we call non-traditional impact positions, tight end and D-tackle. We're talking about the positions that get paid the most in the league. It's obviously quarterback, defensive end, left tackle, wide receiver, corner. The Chiefs, they're more valuable than like safety, guard, and inside linebacker, but D-tackle and tight end are the positions that – typically create the least impact. That's where their great players are. The the path has always been for Mahomes to be great. And I feel like this is an opportunity. And the other thing that I think matters is he actually has, in his brief career, a lot of experience against the best defense in the league in this game. Tampa was the best defense the year they won it, and then San Francisco was the best defense the year the Chiefs beat them. So it's not going to be a culture shock to him playing in the Super Bowl against a great defense. The Eagles' defense, on the other hand, has been playing Davis Webb and Josh Johnson and Daniel Jones for the last month. Daniel Jones is a And Brock Purdy, who should have been throwing (laughs) left-handed. Like, they're, I don't think they're ready for their part of the test. Greg, can I ask you a question about Absolutely. the Super Bowl? Because uh, I have three reasons why I think Mahomes' ankle is not going to bother him. Two of them are legit, and one I absolutely made up, but I need you to co-sign. One is that Mahomes said it was better, so that makes sense. The other one was when he did that scramble down the sideline that ended up uh, getting a penalty. He ran 18 miles an hour, so it was much faster than he'd ran, so he can turn it on. So here's the one that I made up. 
It's called uh, Super Bowl Adrenaline. More than regular adrenaline. That's what I wrote. Uh, I literally just made it up. But I'm wondering if you can co-sign that. Is that a thing where you're like, you, you know, know what? what, Super Bowl, I'm healthy. I can, I can co-sign that because right here on my little notes, I have adrenaline. Nice. Like, I do. Super Bowl like, champion. And, and it's a real thing. When you think about some of the things that Patrick Mahomes said last night, he mentioned what game, what game he recalls and remembers most. And that's the loss. Like, that is going to fuel him. He is, he is wired and fueled by so much in this moment. I doubt if we see any version of what we saw a couple weeks ago against the Bengals, like we're going to see even greater than what we saw with Patrick Mahomes because he understands what's at stake. He understands who he has to be for this team to win. He'll be that. Just don't know if it will be enough. Well, listen, so here's Mm. I don't think Philly – if, if the if Brew said yesterday something I thought, I think it was Brew that said it, interesting, which is that the Chiefs could score 30 in this game, but he's not convinced that necessarily would be enough to get the win. I personally would, I, I do agree the Eagles have a bunch of different paths to victory. I do not think they can win a shootout. I do. I, if the Chiefs score no. 30, I do not think Philadelphia, with the way Jalen has thrown the ball ever since he hurt his shoulder, I, I don't think that they are going to be able to go blow for blow. I do think that it is, and it, it was going to have to look like that Tampa Bay game. But the re, and I would, and I keep saying this, and I think people think I'm just being a, a Mahomes apologist. Not that he has anything he needs to apologize for. I really encourage people to go back and rewatch that Tampa Bay Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is running for his life. And at the end of those plays, he is delivering dimes. He passes are hitting receivers literally in the face mask in the end zone. A pass to the back corner of the end zone while he's getting hit. The pressure did eventually get to them, but he was still delivering pinpoint passes. So even if they create that pressure, I feel like he's going to still have the answers for the test. And I think that's the only chance Philadelphia has. And even if they do it, I don't know if it's enough. Okay, that's pretty good. I would now, like Nick, that. Yeah. When, when Chris Collinsworth says that about Josh Allen, you're oh, mocking. Oh, stop with Josh Allen. You're mocking. Stop, not with, his stop fault. with the second NHF two time seventh place I mean, finisher. Give me enough. Now give you're me a giving break. me not give his give fault me, interceptions. Give, okay. give, give me a break. Give me a break. Uh, you're stuttering, too. You're stuttering. Coming up after the break, we're talking about America's team, me. Brady and You Bell got me. Back. You shocked me that you're bringing up Josh Allen. That hadn't played in a month. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Check in on Tom Brady on Jim Gray's podcast, Let's Go. That's the name of the podcast. Bounty of guests and ad reads. Guests included Belichick, and it was a love fest. Here's Brady and Belichick, back-to-back. In my view, it was just people always trying to pull us apart, and I don't think we ever even felt that with each other. We never were trying to pull each other apart. We actually were always trying to go in the same direction. The greatest player, the greatest career the great, great person. Uh, it's it such an, an opportunity and an honor for me to, you know, to coach Tom. And uh, I, I guess I guess it's got in at some point, you know, but it, it, it's the greatest one ever. 
So, Brew, here was my take. There was a lot of ink spilled on the friction between Brady and Belichick, and I felt like they're at a point in their relationship now where the good memories outweigh the bad, and overall it just looked up for America's team that we're going to get a statue, we're going to get uh, hopefully that one-day contract, um, maybe a honorary role on the team, maybe, I don't know, I can keep going and going, but it just warmed my heart, and I wanted to throw it to you, see if it warmed your heart, because I think Nick has been sharpening some knives with no. Mac Jones's name on it, so go ahead, Brew. Well, first of all, Wilds, let all that stuff go. None of that is going to bring the Patriots another Super Bowl. Those days are over. All right, so look back fondly on those days, which I think is what Let's Belichick and Brady are doing. Like mature adults do. I mean, as we get older, we look back at the times we had and the great achievements and successes, and now they're able to really recall them fondly. And I will say this, too. I Look, I think the reporting on the friction was true all right, and accurate. However, a lot of stuff, you know, if, if you write about a coach and a player or even two teammates having an argument, having a fight, and it's a headline, Brady Belichick have shouting match, it looks worse than it is. All right, in most cases, it looks horrible, and some people and some reporters will always say, oh, see, they don't like each other. They've never liked each other. Remember, they had that shouting match a year, two years ago. And in truth, the next night, they could have been out having a drink together. They could have been out golfing the following weekend. Like, that stuff really happens, and it looks much worse in print than it often is. Not always, but, Greg, than it often is. Sometimes it's not as bad as it seems in print. Yeah, I think they love each other, and they loved each other then, they love each other now, but when you're going through it, whatever it takes is what the relationships needs to be, and that's what they were for one another. Like, it was all about the team and the goal never was something above the goal for both of them, and I think when you have that, you're going to have friction. You're going to have moments where you embrace one another, but Ultimately, you're going to have success because nothing is higher than the goal and the task at hand. That's why it worked. And when it didn't, it would, they were done. Well, Wilds, I'm not going to do exactly what you thought I was going to do here. Because I listened to this whole thing. And you got to have your hand on the fast-forward button because there's a lot of live ad reads by Jim Gray during this podcast. They are selling that inventory. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was touching. And I do think, and this is the Mac Jones component that I that I am not taking meaning this as a shot. I think this would be true with a lot of quarterbacks. I think Belichick because it's not all speculation. Brady literally had to go somewhere else to play, right? We know that. We also know that Belichick drafted Jimmy Garoppolo and then wanted to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, and Robert Kraft stepped in. So there were there were truly rocky moments. But now that I think Belichick has had three years of Cam Newton and Mac Jones as his starting quarterback, there might be a 
added level of appreciation for what Brady was able to do. And he, if you guys haven't listened to it, Belichick mentions on there a play specifically about how Brady was able to see you know, what the left tackle did, what the linebacker did. And Hubs grabbed it. We have the play that we can show it to you right now. And so, <laughs> here's the thing. See that one here, here's the thing. Away. You might have seen that one coming, but I have a special treat for Greg and Brew they don't know about. This play was commemorated oh, by the folks at Panini. That's a card. You can buy it online. I spent my hard-earned money on that, and as an as a little treat to the audience, uh, oh, yesterday wow. we okay. had a little hidden camera video where I presented Kevin Wilds with that card. Can we play that video, please? Your audio. Oh yeah. All right. So I got this. Paid real money for this and bought it for this one moment right here. Let's see how it works. Wilds. Can you come here? Okay, so here we go. So here's Wilds well, coming forward. into the office. Come here. And now well, we got to listen. Are? I'm in my office. Well, You're not the only one with an office. I have a present for you. It's for your kids. It's for your kids. <laughs> Is this real? <laughs> Is this real? <laughs> Panini graded. I paid real money. I knew it was. I knew something was up. Into the camera. I knew something was up. What do you mean? It's Chandler. I knew it. I knew it. I was looking around. You know what? I was looking around. So good. This was a nice moment for Brady Belichick. You know what? In 20 years, maybe we'll do go on Jim Gray's podcast, and I'll be like, you know what? Good guy to work. A lot of friction, and I had to leave. But turns out, overall good guy, and we did some good things. Coming up next, is LeBron going to break the record tonight? He's going to. Next, first things first. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, if you missed any of today's show or want to take it on the go, be sure to subscribe to the First Things First podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's cogent analysis, it's great chemistry, and we also solve crimes. Medals time. Early in Rockets Kings, Kenyon Martin Jr. down the lane for the big dunk. But because the Rockets lost yet again, they did not make the medal stand. Nick, who did it better? Bronze medal, Mavs guard Jaden Hardy, who now gets to be mentored by Kyrie Irving. 29-4 and in an important win over the Utah Jazz. Silver medal, Brews guy, America's guy, our favorite boatsman, Clay Thompson. 42 on 12 of 16 from three. Sees a fire-breathing dragon last night in a 141-114 win over the Thunder. And we rarely give out gold medals to losing in losing efforts. However, 
when you become the second youngest player in league history to score 90 in consecutive games, second only to LeBron James, we put you at top of the medal stand. I told you yesterday, America, Cam Thomas is about to become one of Brew's favorite players for the next year, Nets. It's happening faster than I could have thought. There's the medal stand from last night in the association. Brew, do you have a comment? Cam Thomas has been spectacular. <laughs> Kyrie who, right, bro? Kyrie who? I mean, I'm watching. I'm just watching. I'm just watching. Uh, Thunder in L.A. tonight. LeBron 36 points away from breaking the record. His last few games, 27, 26, 28, at 41 against the Celtics. You know, playing this Thunder team that was just in medals, and now they have to play against the Lakers. Nick, do you expect LeBron to break the record tonight? I actually do. I Listen, the fact that the you can make money – by betting LeBron James is under and he could score 32 points and you win your bet speaks to the absurd expectations for this guy in year 20. But I actually think tonight that he does it intentionally. I think there's a number of re reasons that it is in his best interest to break it tonight because, as Brew mentioned earlier, they need every game. And I think there is an, a real potential, if he's a few points short, even if they win tonight, to break this record at the very beginning of a brutal game against Milwaukee, yeah. that it, what it would do to you emotionally if you're going to be able to lock back in for the game on Thursday night as opposed to breaking it at the end of a game against an opponent on a back-to-back. -back. So I think LeBron scores 40 tonight. I think he breaks the record in front of the home crowd. And I think we finally have the conversation about why isn't he discussed as maybe the greatest scorer ever, bro. I think that with AD playing, now it's possible AD is like, look, I want to get you the record tonight too, yeah. all right? So he defers to LeBron. But I think the primary focus for LeBron will be we got to win this game. Like you said, they're the 13th seed. They're right behind OKC, who they play tonight. So I think LeBron's going to be more focused on, I don't care if I score 25 points, 27 points. Mm -hmm. Let's just do what we have to to win. And AD has scored 30-plus in his last two games. That's partially why LeBron hasn't been over 30. So I, I think he does it against Milwaukee. I'd love to see him Wilds do it against Giannis. Giannis is the next guy, right? He's, he's that guy that's going to take LeBron's place, so to speak. So uh, I think it'd be great if he does it against the Bucs. I, I think it happens tonight. I think he's got a flair for the dramatic. I think he knows everyone's watching. I think he gets – you're saying 40 exact? Yeah. I bet we go over that. See, because I bet he establishes, like, I'm getting it early. So if he has I, 28 in the first half – I also think wow. LeBron doesn't necessarily want this record to be broken 36 or 72 hours before the Super Bowl. I think the, he, I think he understands media coverage and breaking it at one in the morning on the Friday before the Super Bowl is maybe the worst possible time as far as media coverage goes to break this record. So I think he guns for it tonight and the Lakers win and he gets it. Rudy, you want to see a skyhook quickly? Three seconds left. Yes. Yes. Okay. There we yes. go. 